Welcome to Reactive, starring me, Raquel Velez, and Khalil. Hello. <laughs> and Henning, but Henning's not here because there's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, he. They're 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 currently Henning is currently busy because his uh, his wife is. Is bringing new life onto this planet, apparently. <laughs> yes. So, which is very exciting, and and uh, we wish we wish mom and family all the best, because um, yes. uh, I have no experience in that realm of things, but uh, my understanding is that it can be interesting. Mm. <clears throat> so, wishing all the best <clears throat> to everyone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm sure that everybody in the reactive community, reactive podcast community, wish, wishes the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Henning, when you listen to this, know that we're all cheering for you. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. Oh, goodness. So, this has been a fun week. Oh, yeah? It's been a fun week on the internet, I think. Um, I think... I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's like nearing the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so all the fun projects are coming out. People are really excited to kind of like, it's also kind of, I don't know about in Europe, but at least in the U S right around this time, work tends to start getting a little bit slower. Yeah. Clients stop or like are not as interested in stuff right now. Everybody's thinking about vacation. It's really kind of quiet. And so to me, this is kind of like the most creative time of year because not necessarily for per person, but just in like culturally, it's just a really creative time for people who normally don't have as much bandwidth for creative projects in the middle uh, at other times of the year because they're so busy working or whatever. Now everything's slowing down and they can be like, all right, let's see all these really cool things that I've been working on and da 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 da. And, um, it's neat. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. So 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 what have you seen? Um what was interesting. So so I've seen a lot of um so I, I really my favorite thing is uh Mariko uh I can't remember her last name all of a sudden. Um uh Mariko Kosaka uh Kosamari on Twitter. She so she's she's been doing this whole like her story is amazing. By the way, if you need somebody for a descriptive, uh, definitely ping Mariko because her story is oh, incredible. Cool, yeah, um, definitely gonna do that. But she uh, she she was a project manager who needed to help out on like a team uh, doing some code. Like like her team needed like I I don't know all the details, but like my understanding of her story is she was a project manager. And the team needed help, so she learned some JavaScript and loved it and then turned into a developer, so we went from project management to developing. And then uh, that was a little bit over a year ago. And since then, she has been going all over the world giving talks, um, and, and one of the major to like talk topics, kind of like in the same way that I did a lot of robotic stuff, uh, she's been showing off a knitting machine that she has programmed with JavaScript. And 
um, it's just really cool watching her progress over time, like all of her different videos. Like they start off kind of really basic of like it, basic in, in the terms of like, let's start at the beginning. This is a knitting machine. Let me show you how I'm using job. Like knitting is, is binary. And so knitting is like code and blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of gets more and more complex over time as, as the year goes on and she gives more and more talks. Um, and, uh, and, and then just this week she did, uh, she created this, this app called Sweaterify where you can upload an image and it'll turn it into an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you can print it out on a knitting machine and, uh, Brooklyn JS, she's one of the co-organizers of Brooklyn JS. Brooklyn JS has this really funny uh, joke that they do every year. Um, so there's a, a projector. So a bunch of projectors in the U.S. are made by a company called ViewSonic. And uh, whenever you you start the projector up, the it it, it shows ViewSonic like it shows the logo. And so the joke, the running joke at Brooklyn JS is that ViewSonic is one of their sponsors because they're just starting up the projector as they're announcing all of their sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually, there, tonight is a Brooklyn JS event, and she made a ViewSonic sweater <laughs> as like a thing. And it's just, I, I just think it's so cool and so fun. And um, I I love it. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think she also gave a talk at JSConf this year, uh, mm-hmm. either JSConf or was it the Reject, one of the two, and uh, right. yeah, and she gave, it, and it was also about knitting, but actually I didn't see it yet, I, I, I'm definitely going to check out the video, I'll yeah. put the link into the show notes. Yeah, yes. I, I immediately made a, a nested loops sweater, of course, like the, the t-shirt thing that we made for the... Yeah. Performance. Yeah, I made a sweater for that. I mean, I made, I uploaded it into her Sweaterify thing, but of course, I mm. didn't have a knitting machine that can knit that sweater. But that would be great, <laughs> really great, actually. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the knitting machine, though it it it's a machine, but you still have to like, you still have to use your hand. It's still like, so the way that a knitting machine works is there's kind of this uh, runner across the machine mm-hmm. that you have to swipe back and forth, mm-hmm. kind of like a printer head okay. uh, to to make the, the sweater. And she said that it took her like hours, like two days worth of just going back and forth. I'm like, that is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even with a machine, that is a lot of work. Um, so anyway, hmm. it's not quite where we want it to be technologically. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe uh, you can team up with her and you can make like a robot that swipes up and down and she, <laughs> she yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're a but, match made in heaven. You should like team yeah. up and be like a superhero group. Oh, she is so great. She's so great, but she's in New York and there are a bunch of really awesome hardware hackers in New York as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm all the way on the other side of the country. So, yeah. oh, well, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, in other creative news, uh, we have, uh, our, our awesome, uh, reactivists on our Slack channel have been super, like they've been busy little elves as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putting a front end to to Fido or Fido, yeah. uh, our our review thinger, and that's pretty cool too. It's very cool. It's it's really like it's developing. So uh, actually, um, that was 
like making a web version for Fido was kind of the the uh, quote unquote official reactive coding challenge, and mm -hmm. uh, and Silas uh, was bored and he took that challenge on and um, he at some point he had something that was just like throughout all the um, the reviews onto uh, an unstyled web page, and then he said, "Well, somebody needs to make something," or I. Or he said something about hating CSS. So basically, uh, then then I said uh, something. I think like, yeah, well, hey, anybody can you know like throw some CSS on this or whatever, or or use material. Des no, actually, I said use material design maybe or something because then you have lots of components that you don't have to style. You just like st stick them together into something. And then Oli actually came up with you know some ideas like cons uh, he was like kind of. Uh, talking about a concept for the UI or the user experience and started like throwing something together and it looked actually quite nice. And then, and then, uh, Silas used that, um, cause he made a mock-up in JS bin, I think, or JS fiddle or something. And so Silas could just use it to actually do the front end for, for Fido web. And, uh, so, and, and every day, like it's coming along a little more, like there's something. So, so it works, but then, you know, like this could be a little nicer or there could be the cover could be shown like some metadata of the podcast. And you can have, of course, you know, like multiple podcasts, um, and, and kind of show the reviews for them, um, individually and stuff like that. And there was like, you know, a little bug here, a little bug there, and it's just continuously kind of evolving. It's really, really cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> it's, re it's really great. And uh, of course, you know, like, uh, I don't know, anybody else who has a podcast, you can you can go ahead and use it, actually, already. Well, we'll link it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll put the link in the show notes for sure. Yeah. For sure, <clears throat> but of course it will always be like broken every now and then because there's continuous work <laughs> I mean, happening on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's—I mean, it's cool. I like—I—I I love that we're creating little projects for people to kind of play around with some stuff and uh, play with new tech, new technologies. Because I know for me at least, it's really hard to get into something new mm -hmm. without having a project to to use it on. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause like, you know, like all those little coding, coding school challenges or whatever, they're like, do this thing. And you're like, okay, but why? <laughs> like it, it, if, yeah, if you're going to make me do that, at least make it, at least make it like, uh, cute. Like the, uh, there's that Flexbox thing. It was like mm -hmm. Flexbox froggy or something like that. Yeah. It's really adorable and a really fun way to learn. Uh, CSS CSS's uh, Flexbox, which I had never had a reason to to learn, and then I did that, and it was really fun. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was like twenty four levels or something, mm -hmm. and I just I couldn't I couldn't stop. I was like, "No, must get the frogs to their lily pads. Go 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 go!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that awesome. Was, was fun. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> What's new? What's new on uh, for you? Oh man, uh, there's really uh, there's not that much new. I I I today's my first vacation day for this for 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 uh, for this year. Basically, from now on until the fourth of January, I'm off work, which is 
So nice. great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, using up all my my, vaca- my vacation days, and um, so so for me it was the same. Was everything was just slowing down at work, and and the world is coming to a screeching halt. Everything is just like everybody is going on vacation and going home to their families and everything. So that's uh, I actually always really like that. There was. Um, there was a time where I was living in near Frankfurt and while I was studying and my parents are in, in Stuttgart and, and whenever on Christmas, sometimes I would, um, I would come home or, 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 or um, travel home on the 24th of December, which in Germany is like is the, the most important day of Christmas, right? I think in America mm. it's the 25th. Yeah, in the UK as well, but in Germany it's the twenty fourth, and you know you get your presents at night of the uh, uh, at this uh, the evening of the on Christmas Eve basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's at their families, and it's just so great if you have like if you have to travel for six hours or something like that in the train. It's just one train ride, like it's completely empty. The streets are empty. <laughs> it's like a like the whole like whole of Germany is just like a, it's just like a ghost town. It's it's crazy, <clears throat> but that's really nice. Like it's just so calm. It's great. Nice. Yeah. So um, there was basically um, the thing is I, I I wrote I was also I was kind of investing uh, some of my free time into writing a little article. So it's another attempt. Or I'm I'm tr- I have an I'm gonna try to or I'm trying to kind of while I'm getting deeper into this whole reactive programming thing and and observables and and working with them. I'm trying to explain it to myself and also to other people along the way. You end up, when you talk about it at meetups and stuff like that, you always end up explaining it over and over, try to explain it. And it's, it's, it's such a different or such a difficult thing to explain because of you have to kind of switch your thinking and about how you think about asynchronous events and stuff. And <clears throat> so, so I took... So I took one one explanation that I really liked by Jafar Hussein. Um, he, he basically broke it down to one sentence and said, "Observables are collections of items over time." And then I took that one sentence, which I liked because it really summarizes this, summarizes what they are basically in one succinct sentence. And I'm trying to break it down in a little article that I put on Medium. And um, um, and it's just like an it's just like an entry point, and from there, like you said, you know, um, what would be good would maybe to to build up, you know, have a sequence of talks or something where you kind of explain a bigger concept or whatever over a sequence of talks. Uh, this is what I th- I think I want to try to do this over a sequence of articles to kind of you know just just kind of dive into like aspects of it. And then try to go ahead and explain it. And if somebody, so that if somebody would, you know, read those articles one by one, that they would also kind of get deeper into the subject. So mm-hmm. that's what I published that article recently. And so far, I got some some positive feedback. I got some recommends on Medium. Um, but uh, I would definitely like to throw that out there. So if anybody, you know, is interested in the subject, go ahead and read it and, and let me know if it if it did anything for you basically if it did explain it 
somehow or made it clearer or something like that. Yeah. Cool. So that's what cool. I did. Yeah. <clears throat> and you uh you had some uh some an ES6 deep dive today, you said? Oh yeah. So um so one of our team members at NPM, Chris Dickinson, is on uh Node Core and uh is really, really into all things JavaScript. And there's enough of us at NPM now that we're like, okay, we should probably learn about ES6. Like it's really easy, I think to let other people talk about things because like there's there are multiple camps of people right like there's the people who are the early early adapters who as soon as something smells like it might be new they're already there on it they've pounced they're they're trying to soak up every single thing that could possibly be going on it's really interesting to them they love being on the absolute razor blade edge um then there are like the early adopters who are like, okay, I'm going to wait to make sure that this thing is actually viable, uh, and then I'll I'll jump on it and learn everything I can about it, etc. And then there are like kind of the middle adopters who have seen are, are waiting to see if the early and early early adopters have blown up. If they blow up, then they're just going to wait and not do anything. But if if not, then you know then they'll kind of say, okay, this is this is totally worth it. And then, of course, you have the, like, late adopters who are, like, there are enough people in the early, early, early and just kind of middle adopters who have been talking about it and they're really into it and it's become a thing. It's, like, not even a question of if it's going to happen or not. It's it's actually legitimately a thing. And the late adopters are like, okay, fine. <laughs> Tell me of your things. Whatever. Um and and I'm kind of a late adopter when it comes to language changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it's one of those things that it took me so long to figure out all of the nitty gritty details of JavaScript, at least enough for me to do my job well. That for me to take the extra time to learn all the new stuff, like I'm gonna again, I'm gonna need a project. I'm gonna need a reason to learn all this stuff. Basically, you have to sit me down and say, okay, Raquel, it's time to learn this. There's no hiding. There's no going back. They've changed the language. The language has officially been changed. This is no longer a, a maybe. It's it's official. So now it's time for you to learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this was kind of like our opportunity to do that and sit down and really learn about ES6. Um, unfortunately, we only had half an hour, and oh, there was no. more than half an hour's worth of of information. But I have to say, it is pretty interesting. Uh, my first my first reactions are, uh, wow, this looks a lot like Python. Uh, also, wow, this looks a lot like Ruby. Uh, and also, wait, wait, why is there an equal and a greater than sign? I don't understand. Oh, that's an arrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. arrow functions are a thing. Yeah. Um, there's some really neat stuff. A lot of... My again, first impressions. There's a lot of. It looks more like, in in many cases, it looks like people are just trying to have shortcuts, mm-hmm. not actually change the language, just have more shortcuts for things. Yeah. Um, I understand that. Uh, I I don't have any knowledge of the process by which. Well, I have a little bit of knowledge of the process by which this all happened because I have friends who are on. Uh, on the committees that that decide these things, um, but like it seems to me like there are a lot of people who are really into promises 
who decided that the callback structure is just too hard, too much. And so mm. the arrow functions, it looks to me like that's the promise people saying, okay, anonymous functions need to go too. Let's just get rid of them. Mm. <laughs> anonymous functions are terrible. Let's use arrows instead. Um, and so that, I'm kind of like, okay, you're just trying to make your life a little bit easier, a little bit more convenient. But yeah. I think in the process, you actually make things a little bit more complicated because it's a whole new syntax for something that already exists. And this is this is just me complaining from the perspective of a beginner who maybe only just started, like I, I've been doing this for three or four years now, but uh, for somebody who's only been doing it for a year, like they're still just trying, trying to figure out, okay, this is how callbacks work and these are what anonymous functions are and this is hoisting and all this other stuff. And then now all of a sudden it's like, okay, anonymous functions are over. Uh, let's use arrow functions instead. And oh, and here's a thing called a class. And oh, classes don't hoist the way that functions do. So you have to be careful and make sure you use these different keywords or else it doesn't quite work the way you want it to. And it's like all of these little caveats and it's like, walking into uh, a building and then suddenly being told, okay, all of these doors are now closed. We've ripped open a bunch of walls. Um, you know, be careful, wear your hard hat. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> um, so anyway, the point being, it is fascinating. It's interesting. I can see where, why the decisions were made the way that they were made. And I think, that it's going to lead to more productive developers eventually, but the transition state is going to be hard. And I'm sure that the transition state was hard for people who are going from ES4 to ES5. Um, and so like, because I, I came in right as people were transitioning into ES5. So for me, it's like, I, I, I never knew anything before ES5 mm. and now I have to learn ES6. And so now I feel, the pain of the people before me mm -hmm. <laughs> going, ah, yeah. what is all this new stuff? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, uh, uh, so f for me though, so the thing is like, uh, this whole, uh, I mean, ES5, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, if your team writes ES6 or whatever, ES5 is still going to work, uh, mm -hmm. if you want to write in that style. I think it's mm -hmm. definitely important that, you know, there's a lot of, cool stuff that makes your code i think most of it really or the most some of the most useful things in es6 are no change to the language at all but just something mm -hmm. that makes it more readable or, or makes you type less <clears throat> and um and i think that's kind of the approach i think it's really cool you know it's really good to get like a crash course you know like maybe have like one or two hour like presentation have somebody who knows es6 well present to you like the the best or the most interesting features <clears throat> mm. that maybe are also most relevant to to you as a company or to your project and then um and then look at those features and see and then look at your code you know basically and then say okay so when i use arrow functions here this would make my code uh I don't know, maybe would, you know, it doesn't help me or whatever, makes it more unclear what I'm doing here. But in this case, when I use an error function, it actually makes it more readable. For instance, there's what, what, where I find it really, uh, 
and I, I kind of wonder maybe if that is kind of also the reason why they were introduced. Where, where they're really, really cool is when you do this, you know, this kind of, when you have an array and you use a, a, array functions, like like uh, you filter an array, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so normally what you do when you filter an array, you say array.filter, or you, you have an array that is stored in a variable and you say a variable name dot filter. And then you pass an anonymous function that returns some sort of a test, like so because what the filter does, it goes through each item, and then um, you can do you can do a test on this item. For instance, you know, greater than three something, for instance. Mm -hmm. And then whenever that's true, then uh, there is a new array that's being returned with all the items that pass that test. So if you have an array that goes one, two, three, four. Then it will only, uh, let's say one, two, three, four, five. Then it will only it will return a new array with uh, four and five in it, right? Mm -hmm. This filter. Right. So, so so normally you would write function and then you know put the brackets and then return and everything. And with the with uh, with the error functions, you can just say filter, and then uh, and then put like item arrow and then item greater three. And that's it, mm -hmm. you know. And, and with those functions, you can also chain them. So you can have, you can do a map and a filter and a reduce and da 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 da. And then if you just use arrow functions, that they don't have a lot of stuff going on inside them. Those those callbacks, uh, they're just like very simple kind of operations. The arrow functions make that whole you know, uh, whole thing much much more read readable. And it's uh, it's actually really. So I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering maybe if that is also because I think the arrow thing that's not a new syntax. It's something that other languages had before already or have before, especially functional languages. I I think use that, and uh, so maybe that is also that's why it lends itself so well to this kind of usage. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So definitely. so I think I think it's definitely it makes sense to always you know check you know does it make like think it through like okay i can use a class here but does that really like does it have any benefit for me because it does if it doesn't right. have any benefit for you then there's no reason to use a class functions is mm -hmm. to use functions also using functions will never go away anyway right 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 yeah no totally i think i think a lot of it's just going to come down to convenience appropriate convenience right like yeah, exactly. i think i think if your code is littered like if it's just all anonymous functions all the way down, then yeah, it makes sense to use arrow functions just because it really will save you quite a bit of time uh, and and you know keystrokes. Um, but there's just that translation period of of transitioning from old like just to the new stuff, and yeah. that takes a little bit of time. Yeah, takes yeah. a little bit of time for sure, for sure. But um, so that was fun, and there will be. There will be another session because there's no Too way much. you can explain everything in the six in, in you know thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So is that is yeah. that a session with uh, just you and somebody else, or is it a, a bigger group of people? Uh, it's it, it's it was for the engineering team at NPM. Oh, yeah. So it's you know uh, it it was internal to NPM, but I'm sure that there are plenty of opportunities at other companies for people to do that too. Um, yeah, this is this is what meetups are for and everything. I just don't go to meetups because you know 
I'm an antisocial hermit, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What else is going on? Uh, huh. I, I, yeah. really, I was thinking about that today, but uh, like recently there's really not a lot yeah. that, have, that has popped up for me. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. Uh, we're already starting to see in the uh, – so our – the NPM CTO, Lori Voss, absolutely loves data. Like he's the type of person who will just like loves finding information out of data. And so our registry data at NPM is fascinating mm. because you can see things like this is when this country has woken up for the day mm-hmm. and this is when they're going to bed. And this is, uh, this is a holiday. So like we have enough data now that we can see – when India goes off to celebrate Diwali, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, we're already starting to see the what we call the Christmas slump uh, because a lot of countries will go on on holiday for like for for Christmas and New Year's. And it's there's just this tiny little dip. So normally we see uh, in terms of downloads, from NPM, it's just this, it, it looks like a hockey stick. It's a, it's a perfect exponential graph. It's just, you know, to the right and up and to the right. <laughs> it just goes perfectly up, 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 up. Except right around now, instead of going up, it's starting to dip down hmm. because people are starting to go on vacation. And so I think everything is just kind of slowing down. People are going off on uh, to their families and their huddling up next to the fire, unless you're from the south, uh, southern hemisphere, in which case I'm sure you're preparing to go to the beach because <laughs> <and laughs> it's hot. Um, I know we have some Australians who listen to the podcast, so I'm curious to see if, uh, oh my goodness, apparently, apparently Christmas in Australia can be a little odd. Like you can walk into, uh, like they, they spray paint windows with like uh, white like white snow like spray paint because it doesn't snow at Christmas <laughs> in Australia because it's summer there. Mm-hmm. And then they put all these like decorations and like all of the cards still have like snowmen and Santa Claus and a very, you know, lots of layers and it's cause it's so cold. And <laughs> anyway, I think holidays are really interesting. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, fascinating just kind of everything is just slowing down yeah and are you, yeah are you going on vacation at all what are you doing uh for the yeah holidays? yeah i'm going to my parents house um so i'll be there for a week in north carolina and um so we we won't have an episode next week unfortunately because mm-hmm. um i will be flying <laughs> or celebrating christmas or something yeah. um so that'll that'll be fun, and eat a lot of food, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be really warm in 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 North Carolina this Christmas. So it'll, I think it'll actually be warmer there than it is here in California. Hmm. It's like really cold right now. <laughs> it's so yeah, weird. but Carolina is is the South. It is the South. It is the South. But uh, in terms of like. Uh, latitude it's about it's not much further south from san francisco okay just because of the way that the the earth is kind of uh 
it, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's almost a straight shot. Um, okay. mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit further south, but not by much. It's not like it's not like the UK versus the southern tip of Italy. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it's more like, uh, it's more like Germany, a, yeah. you know, northern Spain. Like yeah. it's not okay. that much of a um so anyway um yeah how about you what are you what are you doing for the holidays um yeah not much actually we're gonna we're gonna um, either my parents are gonna come to our place or we're gonna go to their place and we'll we'll eat and um and be merry mostly (laughs) (laughs) that sounds good yeah And uh, and other than that, there's no uh, big plans actually. So I'm just gonna be on vacation mostly, and then uh, for New Year's there's no plans yet. So yeah, we'll see. same. Yeah, same. Ah, <sighs> adulting, <laughs> being all grown up. Yeah, being. All we actually grown. already. Yeah, it's it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> what, what's weird? Uh, no, just. I just I, I I constantly think about when I was like ten years old and being so excited about Christmas morning because, like you mentioned, uh, Christmas is uh, like Americans tend to celebrate it on the morning of Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So like you wake up really early, and then uh, I would always go into my sister's room and jump on her bed and say, "Time to wake up," and she'd be like, "Uh, it's too early." And I'm like, "What?" you're younger than me you should be totally into this and then and then we go to my parents room and we're like come on it's time to wake up and open presents let's go let's go let's go um but you know now that i'm older i'm kind of like i want to sleep in too <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally oh but anyway anyway but i imagine we'll we'll come back uh probably in a couple of weeks um, for our next podcast. And hopefully maybe Henning will be available again. I imagine his Christmas is just going to be, uh, you know, hanging out with his family mm-hmm. because, you know, and um, well, there's no I'm bigger sure family. Was, yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think he'll he'll definitely he'll he'll be joining because uh, his in laws are still there that can they can help out right. So that's right, great. Right. And uh, actually, yeah. Henning and I we we will be preparing ourselves for a for a talk that we're giving in February. Um, oh, yeah, there is a uh, conference in Linz in uh, in Austria. Cool. And um, I think it's in the beginning of February. And it's called Top Conf. Top Conf. Yeah. 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 And (laughs) actually, let me me just go there and have a look at the speaker list. It's actually not not bad at all, I think. Let's see. What are you going to talk about? Um, I will tell you in just a minute. Let me just... uh, let me just check out the speakers. I just wanted to say who's there. Okay, so there is. Uh, so I know, for instance, Eva Lotta Lam. Uh, she is an artist, and I saw her talk once at Beyond Tellerand in Dusseldorf, which is also a conference, mm-hmm. really good conference, mostly about this web design and and kind of where it's going and stuff, and um, and art 
and there were a lot of designers and artists they're also talking and she's an artist and she was and uh she does a lot of sketching and she basically taught the audience how to sketch and everybody had you know uh like pen and paper and could go ahead and sketch and it was very inspirational it was really great so she's going to be there and cool. then rachel andrew who is uh, from the uk and she is uh, co-founder of the perch cms she's also uh talking about web design a lot um I don't think I have seen a talk by her, but uh, I've seen, I've seen, oh, actually I did at Smashing Conf, the first ever Smashing Conf, which uh, was ha happened in, F in Freiburg, I think. And mm. um, yeah, and then there's, for instance, a guy called Mario he Heiderich, which I also, which I also um, saw at some point. Um, talking he's like an he's like a security expert on um on you know like just html and stuff and, and javascript and stuff like that and he does a lot of research in that area and it's really like he's he's a professor even i don't know he's he, i think he's also working at a university and researching there and stuff and he's uh he's very very good with words and he's very blunt and very funny and when he gives a talk like it's really impressive and scary like how unsafe like even html <laughs> is basically and uh he's basically and he also has like a library that can help you kind of safeguard and check your html for any kind of uh security issues and stuff like that And uh, for instance, Harry Roberts is there, who is, I think, isn't that the CSS wizardry guy? I think, uh, yes, he, he is a CSS wizardry on Twitter, and that's also his, his um, website. And he is pretty, um, he's been talking really a lot. Like He's a real CSS like expert, and um, he's been talking a lot about that all over the place. And I think he has uh, this framework called Inu Inuit CSS, and yeah, so I, I've mm -hmm. seen hi him like since years and years and years, and for following him on Twitter and stuff. So he's he's going to be there. I'm definitely going to check out his talk, and it's actually a pretty uh, nice and diverse uh, sp speaker list. So that's pretty cool. It's nice to see that. And um, <clears throat> so what we're going to talk about, so first of all, how we got on there is that um, one of the curators of the, of the conference is, um, is actually a fan. He was a fan of Descriptive, and he's also somebody that I know since a, since a bunch of years already. And uh, he was on a, he is also hosting, uh, co-hosting a podcast. It's called Working Draft, which I was also at, at a, at some point in time was co-hosting. And, um, <clears throat> he, he was, he was a fan of the descriptive podcast and he heard us and he thought we could, you know, maybe be a great fit for the conference to talk about JavaScript frameworks, because that was what we were talking about a lot on descriptive in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. And he's also actually a reactive listener as far as I know. And um, yeah, so he was, he just, he just wrote me, I think an email and said, Hey, we're doing this. How about speaking? And then, Uh, I, I I talked to, to 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 Henning about that, and we uh, yeah we thought we could definitely do it. So what we so we sent in a uh, a thing, and it's called 
an abstract and it's called the hitchhiker's guide to javascript frameworks <laughs> and uh and uh, we're going to talk about so basically what we're going to talk about is we're going to kind of um uh, we we want to we just had a big meeting about this <laughs> last week uh so it's it's not going to be so it's not going to be necessarily like okay you know there there's this framework and that framework and that framework and if you you know if you want to do this then you have to use, use that framework or whatever it's not going to be that cut and dry it's it's not possible basically but we are going to kind of sketch out a little bit the different char characteristics of the different frameworks and talk i think we're going to talk more about like what what you should kind of base your decisions on if you as a company or as a team are have to make the decision for a framework and we also because at the end of the day when it comes to your javascript framework what it boils down to very often not in every case but often is that you have to kind of figure out which kind of community that belongs to a framework or which kind of philosophy of which framework uh, is 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 closest to how i think and and what is the most friendly to me or or the most you know uh comfortable because most frameworks are pretty they are pretty uh, mature you know they, they they all work well you can do basically everything with with all of them basically and but they have all different approaches and they have different communities and they have different philosophies and and it's it's also going to be a little bit about how do i do that you know how do i get how do i figure out first of all which framework has which kind of philosophy and how does it feel you know to be in that community mm -hmm. and and um And how do how do I find out if I fit into that community and my company or 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 me as or we as a team or whatever and kind of this like more like a meta meta approach to mm -hmm. to um, and a guide to how do I how can I even attempt or get you know start making these kind of decisions and figure that out right yeah cool that's a great talk talk topic I think that's really 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 great. I look forward. Do you know if they're going to be recording it? Uh, actually, I don't think I, I asked that yet. But um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna frag. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Okay, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Totally. That that is. Oh, oh I could have used that a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Really, really could have used that talk because. It, it's it's interesting because um, so we we use Happy at NPM, uh, which I, I know that you're. I imagine you're talking specifically about front end frameworks, uh, uh, but case, I'm sure yeah. that a lot of it. Yeah, but I mean, the it's still a similar question of. of I mean, I think a lot of those same points will still apply whether you're talking about a front end framework or uh, an architectural framework or whatever. Just frameworks in general mm -hmm. and um, right now so we we're using happy and we have some we have a few team members who've joined the team in the last you know six months to a year and they're like I've never used happy mm -hmm. I know express this mm -hmm. isn't like express and you're <laughs> like I know it's not like express 
I explicitly chose not to use Express. And I was the only one around at the time to make the decision. So, so there. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to be like, well, it's too late. You know, uh, your opinion doesn't count, doesn't matter. Like, do what I say. um, Because that's just mean. But on the other hand, I mean, it's extremely common that you start a new job. And when you start, decisions have already been made. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and, you know, because, like, you know, there's been enough work done that changing everything is probably the last thing that makes sense. Um, sometimes it does make sense, but not always. Mm-hmm. And I would argue not usually. Um, but it's it's really interesting. And, and I think... Uh, not not to give you more things to talk about, uh, but I hope if you can, if you can squeak it in there, I think it'd be really awesome if you could also cover the like the importance of being able to back up your decision mm-hmm. because it's really easy to you know weigh the pros and cons and then make a decision and say, "This is our decision," and then somebody comes in and says, "But why?" and you're like, "Well, I weighed all the pros and cons and da 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 and it's like sometimes that's not enough for people. And so you need to like have more than just your basic pros and cons <laughs> mm-hmm. or even, um, or even more think about things in the future, like a year or two years ahead in, in time when it's not you who's defending the, the decision. It's maybe somebody who's come in after you who needs to defend the decision to someone who comes after them. Mm-hmm. And, how do you make sure that everybody is fully aware of why the decision was made? Um, because the worst thing is when people are like, I don't know. It was here before I got here. We just do it because, just because. And it's like, no, 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 hold up. <laughs> yeah. We don't make decisions just for fun. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we weigh them very carefully. Um, so That's a great point, for sure. Anyway, yeah. I think that could be uh, useful. I, I just wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, this is a good point. Okay, it needs to excellent. Be, yeah, definitely needs to be uh, needs needs to be addressed for sure. And I, I'm wondering. Um, so, did you kind of since since you just made that um, uh, basically addition to our talk, to our talk, or or <laughs> bra- bra- brought up this point? Did you kind of develop? more um arguments to back your decision up or or did you have enough to begin with um so the other thing is that like it's been a while right so i was i made the decision by myself with with assistance from some other people at the company but the company was you know less than 10 people um and then as people have come in, left and come in and whatever, um, there's always like the initial, like some people, some people will ask and some people won't. There are some people who are like, oh, we're using happy. Okay. It's time for me to learn a new framework. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they don't care. They don't even care. They're just like, this sounds cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always one person or two people uh, who will sit there and be like, no, but really why? <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, well, just because I've had these, you know, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes the other thing is that sometimes the decisions are made not necessarily uh, for technical reasons, right? Like sometimes 
And in particular for us at the time, uh, we were, I, I was in very close conversations with Aaron Hammer, who is the creator of Happy. Yeah. And he was like, I have like, like he gave me his phone number, his uh, Gchat uh, username, whatever, like everything. And he's like, anytime you have a question, ask me. And it was <laughs> just like 30 seconds and I would have my answer to my question. Whereas sometimes with Express, you have to go into the Express chat, IRC chat room or you have to find some other method or you have to go into the issues and hope that somebody responds to you. And it's like, I want to turn around in 30 seconds. Hmm. A 30 second turnaround is really useful. So <laughs> I'm going to go with that because right because at the time I was the only one working on the project. Mm-hmm. So having only one person working on a project, it's a lot better to have 30 second response time versus having to wait a whole you know day or whatever to get answers because that's actually costing money for the company because now you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs being like, well, I don't know what to work on right now because I'm completely and totally blocked waiting on the community to answer my question. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't the only reason, of course not, but that was a pretty big one. And But now it's really difficult to give that reason because yeah. Aaron's doing other things. We now have a team of you know almost six people. And so now the question is no longer, well, I mean, now the turnaround time for answers is actually more like a day. And so that that reason is no longer valid. Um, But I'm not about to switch everything over (laughs) (laughs) because we don't have that kind of time. (laughs) But but it's interesting, though. I've heard from – so I have never used um, either of those because I really never used a a back-end framework on Node. Um, Mm -hmm. But so – Basically, I've heard that from people that I trust. So, so for me, the information is quite solid. Um, mm-hmm. That that basically Express is like a a port from I think was it Django or some uh, Sinatra. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a port from Sinatra to 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 Node, basically. And mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's Sinatra is quite you know. Uh, uh, popular and and Express and I think it's a quite simple, flexible kind of framework. And Express is the same, and it's also easy to get into it and all that. Blah blah blah. In contrast to that, though, Happy is something that Aaron Hammer did, and he made a completely new framework. I think from scratch. At the be- in the beginning, I thought it was maybe something that sits on top of Express, but that's not the case. Um, I think it's from scratch but he put a lot of exp- so he is extremely experienced like he has been working at uh PayPal I think no he I don't worked at Walmart he worked at Walmart for a long time but he's he's it, been he's been doing stuff for a long long time long long time Dude, so even so before yeah. Walmart 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 he was working <laughs> at big companies and stuff and he has made mm-hmm. um so he's 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 made frameworks in his time and, and made mistakes on the way and da, 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 da. and happy kind of is you know a framework built by somebody who has lo- learned a lot of lo- lessons and 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 had the po- op- the the option or the possibility to actually do <clears throat> everything right from the beginning you know from mm-hmm. his pr- perspective and i've also i've he- definitely heard from more experienced developers that happy is really 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 good so mm-hmm. so 
um, because of all of this experience and it's like um, I've only only heard really positive especially over time the mm -hmm. older happy is the more good I can you know see about it yeah like, hear about it so I think it's definitely yeah, totally. um, even if that if that um, decision was made just because or not just because but also because you just had Aaron Hammer on the phone uh really quickly which is which is like super luxurious <laughs> it is <laughs> and it might have something to do with that you you work at npm i don't know but uh, uh, i mean it's 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 certainly a luxury it's certainly a luxury very, but yeah. I, I, yeah yeah uh, no, i i still still think a, happy was a good, a good decision yeah so. um <clears throat> but defending that decision can be can be harder as yeah. as things change and as new people come in um and uh yeah yeah and also from like like there's a whole bunch of security features that happy has that uh express doesn't quite have like so express has all the security features that happy does but you have to remember to add them mm -hmm. whereas happy is a little bit more plug and play like you just kind of go for it like you you add a couple of plugins if you Uh, like it has some basic stuff, and then if you want more stuff, you can add it. Express, you can very accidentally expose yourself to massive, massive holes, mm. and you just wouldn't know it if you aren't experienced in that sort of thing. And let's uh, to be totally perfectly honest, I was not totally perfectly experienced in all of those things, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what, <laughs> I don't have time to learn all this right now. Um, that's a, that's so, a very good reason to choose that framework, though. Exactly. Very exactly. And so it's extremely opinionated um, yeah. because Aaron is extremely opinionated. I'm not saying anything that he hasn't said himself. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is just how this works. And, um, and so that was, that was easy and convenient. And anyway, so once, once you make the decision, what happens next, I think is a really interesting question that, uh, That if you don't have time to put it into your talk, that's perfectly fine. You can do another follow-up talk. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure that would be 45 minutes of material right there. Just how do you defend your decision? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think there's so. a lot of implications. Uh, I think that's definitely something that's going to go into our talk, talk, uh, our talk too. Uh, depending on how popular your framework is, that has a bunch of implications. For instance, of course, if it's not super popular then you will have to uh you will have a harder time um getting developers or hiring developers with five years experience in that framework or whatever or two years even or whatever and um you will have to do more training right or you will have to right. ask them to, or you have to pay for training or something like that then in that case like for instance i could definitely see how you know even though that's also Today, even though Angular, for instance, is very popular, still very difficult to get good Angular developers because just the market of just hiring in general is difficult um, mm. for for you know computer science basically. And um, but it's definitely easier to get an Angular developer than an Ember developer. And if you are like if you choose Ember, then you choose Ember because. Okay, this is great for teams and it's great for because it's everything is there's so many decisions that are made for you. Um, it's very opinionated and um, it works like this, works like that. 
And it's a good reason because you can gain productivity from that. You, new team members can be kind of added quickly or team members can switch from, between projects because Ember projects all are very similar because of this opinionatedness and kind of rigid structure that that most projects have. So there's a lot of benefits, but at the same time, um, not many, there's not so many Ember developers. So you will have to, you will have to face the fact that if you make that choice, okay, there's implications. Yeah, you have to defend. Of course, you will always have to defend your framework. Um, but you will also, depending on how popular it is, you'll have to, uh, you have to do training. And you, there's like, you have to set yourself up to also be successful with that. I think like, you know, you can, if you have, if you could also have like a pipeline, you, instead of looking for Ember developers now, you could say, okay, um, if I have, if I can get a good JavaScript developer that, you know, is talented and can learn fast, then I'll just hire those and then have like a pipeline where, where developers get trained in the projects or whatever and, and then, and then become great Ember developers within the company or something like that. So it has right. all these kind of different implications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo. That'll be a fun talk. I'm looking forward to seeing it if they record it. And if not, then I'm just going to have to wait until you, but again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, once we have the talk and they don't, they don't record it. I'm sure we can, we can, uh, you know, uh, send it in to other conferences and see if anybody wants it. And mm -hmm. At some point, it will Sounds be recorded. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. All right, I think, I think we have, you know, eaten up most of our time. So it's time to to wrap up. Time to wrap up. Time to. Uh, you want to shout out our new peeps in the Slack chat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually uh, a bunch. There's yeah. five new people. So there's uh Okay, let's try this. There is Renovatio 101 or Renovatio 101. So shout out. And then there's Matt. Shout out to Matt. There is uh, Kentaro 0919. Shout out to Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> and <laughs> there is Ikabius. Ikabius. I don't know how to pronounce that. Shout out <laughs> to that person. <laughs> there is Colin uh, <laughs> Loretz. It's interesting because Colin is like a, it's like an English name and Loretz lo totally looks German. Like you can totally like say <laughs> Loretz. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Colin and um, yeah so awesome there is a bunch of new people um, in the Slack chat we're always happy to hear from you you know how, how did you found out about uh, Reactive how do you like the show um, join in uh, share some, some happy stuff in the happy channel uh, join in the projects in the projects channel and just uh, chat to us in the general channel yeah Totally. I just I just saw a message from Henning. They have a baby daughter. Woo! Yay! <laughs> so awesome. And they had it during the show. It's great. <laughs> during the show, while we were recording. They're like, we have a baby daughter. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Somebody 
somebody commented in general that I uh, that he's fairly certain that we just use the same track, like a a, a, a yay track for me. <laughs> no, no, it's the same yay every single time. <laughs> yay! Okay. Uh, well rehearsed. Yeah. Awesome. The other thing to note is that every time I say yay, I always put my hands up. Just like, <laughs> just going, yay! Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, welcome to the world, little little baby daughter of Henning. Um, <laughs> doesn't have a name yet. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, definitely come join us on our Slack channel. Uh, it's a lot of fun in there. Um, the advent of code uh, continues and uh, people have some really great conversations. It's really chill. There's uh, one thing I really love about our channel is that nobody nobody gets up on a, on a soapbox and starts screaming about how their language is superior to other languages. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and it, there is no such thing as a dumb question. We have a whole bunch of newbies who are just getting started and they're asking uh, kind of the more basic questions like, you know, how, how does this work and what should I study in college and, you know, random little things. And I think it's just such a wonderfully warm and giving community of people just being like, I was there once. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then also people who are more advanced uh, talking about fun, random questions about like, well, what's the best way to optimize this? And should we use this new library or that new library? And, and there's, as far as I can tell, there's never been anything majorly negative. I mean, you're allowed to say no, right? You're allowed to say, I disagree. And, and people do, and, and they do it politely and they do it uh, with, 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 you know, warmth and caring. And uh, I really love that about our channel. Yeah. Um, That's very well said. So, yeah. So come hang out with us. It's really fun. You can find the link to it in the show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio. And uh, remember to leave us a, uh, a nice review on iTunes. You can find the link to that also in the show notes. Um, we love it when you say nice things about us. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yay. Oh, and let me check <laughs> out. Uh, uh, I'm going to go to Fido Web, and I'm going to see if there is a new review. Let's see. Fetch Reviews. No new reviews. Du, 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 du. So we definitely mm-hmm. need more reviews. The latest one, though, is from uh, F. Anderson. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Henning uh, that. read that review last week. that one last, last week. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, um, and uh, yeah, so come join us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rockbot. And um, send me cute animal gifs. That's always great. Yeah. How's the, uh, the the department of fluff uh, at um, NPM going? Yeah. So I informed our CTO that I was going to be doing that. Um, and he, he first started with, um, I've never owned an animal before, but I believe, or no, he, he said, I, I've never had pets before, but I believe animals are owned, not employed. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm accepting applications. And... Um, just so you know and he was like okay (laughs) so um basically i think that means that i can go ahead and start hiring uh, cute and fuzzy animals uh as soon as possible so uh again please send your really adorable animal gifs 
Um, fluffy <laughs> animals, cute, cuddly ones, no bugs. I'm sure that's yeah. not quite employment, uh, you know, acceptable, but um, well. I don't think animals are allowed to be hired anyway, so <laughs> legal rules do not apply. Okay. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Perfect. So. Got that from the uh, And also, uh, there's also react at Reactive Pod on Twitter, where you can also send in uh, any kind of communications. Yes. 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 And uh, Henning is at H. Glattergots. Yep. And Khalil, you are at Khalil Tweets. Yes. And um, I think we're going to try to do one more episode before the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who are celebrating holidays, uh, or if you've just recently finished celebrating holidays, I know Hanukkah just ended. Um, happy holidays! You know, happy have have, holidays. have a. I know that uh, the holidays aren't always the best for everyone, and for those of you who are not having the greatest time ever, um, join our Slack channel and go to the happy room because yeah. <laughs> there are lots <laughs> exactly. of happy things there. Um, lots of happy, but things. it's okay. It's okay if things aren't going too great, but um, uh, I, I wish everyone at least some joy and laughter uh, this holiday season, wherever it may come from. Um, so best to all, and I guess we'll chat again in a couple of weeks, Khalil. We will. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully okay. we'll have a heading too. <laughs> yes, hopefully. So, all right. All right. Uh, happy holidays and stuff. And talk yeah. to you next week. Uh, no, Sounds the week after next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.